Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The whole thing was the dog's fault, really. At least that's what Geraldine always said. What on earth possessed you to do such a thing, Geraldine? People would ask her, and she would shake her head, heavy and slow, and reply, Well, the truth is, you know, it was all on account of the dog. Mind you, Geraldine being a cow and all, people never really understood what she was saying. It just sounded to them a whole lot like moo, so I'm told. I myself, of course, am not a cow, but I do speak the cow language passably well, Bovanese, as I've taken the liberty to call it. An implausible gifting, I'll admit, and one that I've had the good sense to keep very much to myself. Would it surprise you to know that you are the very first person that I've revealed my unusual language skills to? Why you, you ask? Why now? Well, I'm not certain, but I think it might be simply because you have a kind face, kind and trustworthy. Yes, I think that must be it. And now that you know my secret, I might just as well carry on and tell you everything. The full story, that is, about the dog, exactly as it was relayed to me by my dear old friend, Geraldine. It all began on a dark and stormy night. A cliché, perhaps, but true enough. Geraldine was huddled inside the rude shelter of a decrepit old pig pen and, I have no doubt, was grumbling to herself about the inadequacies of her circumstances. I can just imagine her discontented complaining. Geraldine and I are old friends, you see, and I know her moods well. Perhaps it will be helpful here if I briefly digress and offer you a smattering of our history. A little bit about myself and a little bit about Geraldine before the events of that terrible night. About myself. Well, my early years were shaped by the unfortunate fact that I was a middle child, an unenviable position for any child, but even more so when you were one of a brood of five boisterous boys. The misery of this was compounded by the even more unfortunate fact that I was the least impressive of my siblings, at least in physical attributes. My slight stature earned me the nickname of Runt, a nickname used without malice, merely a statement of the obvious, but still, it was not a name that I was overly fond of and was delighted to leave behind the day I left home. My brothers have all now grown into strapping and hardy farmers, while I, as you can see, am still on the weedy side, and I still possess very minimal enthusiasm for the rigours of farm labour. My story, though, begins back when I was young, perhaps ten or eleven. That was when Geraldine and I first met. That first meeting 
took place on a dark and stormy night too. That old chestnut again, and yet again, it happens to be true. And I suppose dark and stormy describes it as well as any carefully chosen synonyms might do. On that night, having drawn the short straw, I found myself shivering in a soggy paddock with rain flooding most uncomfortably down my trouser legs and into my gumboots. My brother's hand-me-down raincoat was proving largely ineffective, and the jumper I wore beneath it was soon bloated with rain and smelling very much like a wet sheep. The trusty, ever-ready torch was slipping around in my chilled fingers, and it was a trick indeed to keep its beam trained steadily on the cow's backside, which was my one duty on this occasion. A strange assignment, but necessary. That cow was Wendy, a house cow, normally a calm and competent sort of creature, but the calf she was attempting to birth was not in an agreeable position, and so she needed some assistance from my father and our neighbour Bert, a retired and rather bored old farmer, who was always ready with a helping hand, so to speak. Well, there are details of the birth that I could share, but maybe they're not of any great relevance. Suffice it to say that it was not as routine as nature intended, but Wendy was magnificently stoic, and in the end, both mother and calf survived. Eventually, the shivering beam of my torch was illuminating a bucolic bovine nativity scene, and baby Geraldine, slick and steaming, was wobbling to her feet. About Geraldine's early years, not much to tell. She was a calf and then a cow, much like any other. She and I were friends, and I would say that we understood each other well enough. I always found her to be an excellent listener, but as for communicating in Bovinese, well, that was something that I didn't yet realise was possible. That was not revealed to me until the very night before I was to leave home as a young man, ready to make my way in the world. There was a family feast that night, my mother had outdone herself, cooking my favourite bean casserole with delectable fluffy dumplings, finished off with her marvellous roly-poly jam pudding. Feeling a tad overwhelmed by all the hearty goodwill and attention, I slipped out of the house and made my way out to the paddocks to save my goodbyes to Geraldine. Bearing in mind that until that very moment I had no idea of my bovinese abilities, you can imagine my astonishment when Geraldine looked me square in the eye and said, Goodbye, Kevin. I surely am going to miss you. Hardly profound, and of course, given that Kevin is not actually my name, but that of my second eldest brother, the moment might best be described as bittersweet. I've never been the dramatic type, so there was no swooning or screaming or running around like a headless chook, but when I wandered back into the house some moments later... My shock must have been evident because my father leapt to his feet and hustled me into a chair, making an unseemly fuss as if I were about to expire. What happened to you? The family all clamoured to know. But I was wise enough to keep my mouth shut. There's no point, after all, in actively inviting ridicule. So I left home the next day, carrying with me the secret of my newfound ability. Well, that's enough of the backstory. Let's get back to the dark and stormy night, shall we? Not 
the night of Geraldine's birth, the other dark and stormy night in which the now elderly Geraldine is sheltering and grumbling beneath the leaky roof of the pig pen, which, as you will remember, is where this story began. I'm sure you're wondering where exactly the dog comes in. Well, I myself have my suspicions about the dog. I have wondered if Geraldine completely fabricated the animal. For what purpose, however, I couldn't say. My brother Stu once intimated to me that perhaps my parents were behind the whole thing. He seemed to be suggesting that they were worried about me and had invented the story to pique my interest and induce me to come home for a time. A plan that then got rather out of hand with the ensuing public interest. That is a nonsense, though. My parents simply don't possess the imagination to conceive such a plan. So then, without any credible evidence to the contrary, I have decided to accept Geraldine's version of the story as the truth. But I've digressed again, haven't I? Where were we? Oh, yes, I was telling you about Geraldine and the pig pen. Well, as Geraldine herself tells it, a huge, no, more than huge, an enormous dog materialised out of nowhere, a creature of preternatural menace, standing almost as tall as Geraldine herself, the beast snarled and slobbered and sprang with teeth bared, setting upon her with fiendish growls, driving my poor, terrified Geraldine out from her meagre shelter and into the dark, stormy night. She was chased mercilessly in a manic frenzy, the crazed dog harrying her right to the very steps of death's front door. Around the paddock and around and around again my old friend ran, on legs growing wobblier than they had been when she first tested them out in those silvery, torchlight moments following her birth. When at last she could run not one step further, Geraldine collapsed to the ground, flanks heaving, prepared to face her grisly end. But instead of hot slathering breath and tearing razor teeth, there came one long, fearsome howl, and the dog simply melted away back into the shadows from whence it had sprung. Geraldine lay stunned. She tells me that she thought of me as her body grew chilled and she melded into the slippery mud. Then... Finally, feeling her life's warmth ebbing away, she summoned the last vestiges of her strength, struggled to her feet, and hobbled back to the pig pen shelter where she collapsed in a shivering heap. The story might have ended there, had it not been for Dusty, who came the next day to top dress our paddocks. Old Dusty could barely contain himself, so I'm told, when he turned up at my parents' door spouting a crazy tale about what he'd seen from the air. Crop circles, he called them. Two giant crop circles, wide swathes of crushed grass, perfectly circular and remarkably consistent with a UFO's footprint. Proof of intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. And that's how it all started. The media circus, the stream of nosy neighbours and snooping strangers. My brother, Graham, called and told me about what was happening back on the farm, and I, of course, was keen to hurry home and see these crop circles for myself. Interestingly, and quite coincidentally, extraterrestrial phenomena happened to be my area of expertise. 
I've spent the better part of my career studying quantum field theories, aerial anomalies and magnetic sensing technologies. Many sceptics have dismissed my work. Some have actively tried to discredit me and, at the risk of sounding a little paranoid, there have been times that I could swear I was being watched, no doubt due to the sensitive nature of my research. By the time I arrived, it had already been established that the circles were not the result of some alien life form. Instead, the deed had been pinned on Geraldine. This was deduced without the benefit of Geraldine's confession, of course. Some old-fashioned detective work had uncovered hoof prints in the circles that, when followed, led to where Geraldine was still lying, in shock, in the old pig pen. And voila, the mystery was solved. Or, I should say, partially solved. People were still scratching their heads to make sense of what had possessed Geraldine to embark on such an odd enterprise. It sparked some lively debate around town, I can tell you. Some speculated that Geraldine might have had a touch of mad cow disease. Others subscribed to the belief that Geraldine had created the crop circles as a hoax. And then there were the conspiracy theorists who believed that Geraldine, for various highly improbable reasons, had been framed. One woman, a fan of that old classic Charlotte's Web, suggested that perhaps Geraldine was sending a message, Charlotte the Spider-style, although no one could figure out what that message might be, or indeed what Geraldine might have hoped to achieve by it. The upshot was that Geraldine became something of a celebrity, with people arriving at the farm to gawp and gossip and badger her to tell them why she had done it, to which Geraldine invariably replied, Well, the truth is, it was all on account of the dog. Or, as we have previously established, moo. Which brings us quite neatly back to where the story began. And now, I imagine, you can see the dilemma I faced. I knew, of course, that if I were to make public what Geraldine had told me, I would then have to explain how I had come upon this information. And you could imagine the field day my critics would have with that. It was a conundrum. I was the one person who knew the answer to the strange riddle, and yet I was unable to tell a soul about the fiendish hound. And now I'm afraid I've placed you in the very same predicament. You must understand that if you were to repeat what I have just told you, then you too would be open to all sorts of unpleasantness, some of which might be quite hurtful, possibly even dangerous. Yes, sir, a predicament indeed. Now I imagine you're wondering what's become of Geraldine. Well, it's all a bit anticlimactic, I'm afraid. The hype about the so-called crop circles died down, and soon enough, talk of extraterrestrials and conspiracies was replaced with newer gossip. Basically, people moved on with their lives, and Geraldine went back to hers. She seems content enough, although I do think she might secretly miss her time in the spotlight. You know how cows can be. Give them a taste of the celebrity lifestyle and returning to obscurity can be a little bit hard on the old ego. I suppose I should check in with her about that at some point and make sure she's not feeling too overlooked and despondent. Oh, but, oh my goodness, look at the time. I must be off, or I might miss the afternoon programme. We have basketball, you know, in the gymnasium. And I really must speak to you about that too at some point. 
Perhaps the next time we meet? I have some grave concerns, you see, about the basketball. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.